All right, guys, we are back with episode seven of the White Belt Breakdown, and this episode being the first of our two this week for UFC 214 and the countdown to what um, what surely will be the best event of the year in my eyes, and I think as well as J-Man's eyes. But we have a special guest to start off this segment, as I said earlier. Um, some people may have saw on Twitter. We have Don Best Handicapper. He goes by the name of MMA Prophecy on Twitter. How's it going, man? going well guys glad to be here thanks for coming on and um both jeremy and i would love to pick your brain on some of the bets that are going on this weekend and you know just before we get started i'll let j-man over here just give you a little since i know you guys haven't really spoke on on twitter as much as we have um, i'm sure jeremy would love to introduce himself here yes of course how you doing uh i'm j-man co-host I have so many questions for you. I'm so intrigued by by what you do. Um, myself, I'm a huge MMA fan, not so much an MMA better, but it's always intrigued me on how people decide to entrust folks with, with their money and their advice. So I'm, I'm curious to get to know a little bit about that. Yeah, man, fire away. Any questions you got, we can talk about the fights. I've got sorts of predictions and analysis, guys. So I guess just, just is this the Super Bowl of, of MMA events this weekend? Is this the biggest card in quite some time? Definitely the biggest card in quite some time. It's probably the biggest one since uh, the Nunes-Rousey card. Um, at least from a betting perspective and hype perspective, usually you see a lot more money coming in on the Conor McGregor cards. But there's a lot of money coming in on this card, it seems like. Um, specifically, the biggest liabilities right now in Vegas are John Jones, uh, Woodley, uh, Avenger and um, Vulcan Ozdemir seem to be the biggest liabilities right now. Right. Which is kind of surprising. No, I mean, the the Avenger one doesn't really surprise me that much because she's such a heavy underdog, so it doesn't take a whole lot of money for it to create a liability for the casinos, uh, for the sports books. But that doesn't surprise me a whole lot. Um, I guess the one thing that does kind of surprise me is um, not as much money coming in on Jimmy Manawa and more coming in on Vulcan Ozemir. Um, that one was uh, a bit more surprising to me just because Vulcan is so fresh in the UFC, so new. Um, you know, he's only got two fights under him. He has the OSP fight and then the Misha Serkinov fight. Um, so it's a little, it's a little surprising to see that, honestly. When you say a liability, you mean the most money's coming in on that particular underdog? Basically, it, the liability is going to be. If that individual won, the sports folks would lose the most amount of money. So if John Jones loses, if John Jones wins, sports folks are going to lose a lot of money. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So the, the the top four liabilities for this weekend in most sports books are going to be in this order. It's going to be John Jones, Tyron Woodley, uh, Vulcan Ozmir, and then Evinger. Yeah, and that's you know that's definitely like you said with Evinger, understandable. Um, some of the other ones a little bit more, and in Vulcan Ozdemir, very surprising. So let's start with that fight because I'd love to get your take on that. I have, I've went both ways, and I found myself early in the week one way, and now I've kind of flipped to the other side. But before I get into you know my views, I'd love to hear you know what your thoughts are on that fight from a betting standpoint. Um, and, and, you know, even any props in that fight that might interest you or things that you think are probably fairly good plays. You know, I, I personally, um, that one's a tough one to call from a, a betting perspective, because like I said, Vulcan is so new to the UFC. There's not a whole lot to see from him. 
he didn't look particularly great against OSP. And now we know how bad OSP truly is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, you know, he was, he was kind of like the guy that peaked in high school, you know, uh, with Vulcan, you just don't know what you're going to get. Cause he looked like shit against OSP. And then he comes out and just fucking dusts Zirkinov in like a minute. And so you just, you just don't have enough there to really see any sort of trends, any habits. How does he react to certain fighters? How, do you, how does he come back in adversity? Does he quit? Um, he seems to have a decent shin on him. Um, OSP does have a little bit of pop. Um, and Ozmir, he's hittable. Uh, he, he absorbed like five significant strikes per minute. So that's a, that's a pretty high amount. Um, usually the average is about two to three. So he absorbs uh, significantly higher than normal. Um, but... You know, he seems to be, he seems to have a decent chin. I probably question his gas tank a little bit, but then again, on the flip side here, he's doing Manawa, he's got cardio for about a, a round and a half. I <laughs> so to me, this, this fight is going to be, um, if it goes into the latter part of the fight, I think Ozemir is going to take over and probably win by decision. I don't know. I, Jimmy, Jimmy's been knocked out before. You know, he got knocked out by Gus, he got knocked out by, Anthony Johnson, I think. Obviously, Anthony Johnson is the exception to everything. Yeah, he hits like sure. a neck. But he, he's he's been knocked out before. He's been in a lot of uh, kickboxing matches too, and he's going to fight David Hay, I guess. Uh, I saw that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I do kind of question maybe does he have a great chin? You know, we haven't really seen it be tested that much. Uh, so, as far as the bet goes, for me. Like I said, you don't know where you're going to go with Vulcan. So it, for me, it's kind of one of those bets where if you're going to bet, it's kind of a pass or a dog kind of bet. Maybe a right. little bit on Ozemir. But, you know, I don't. I certainly don't have enough confidence in Jimmy. I think, you know, if you are to put a bet in on that, it makes sense to take the underdog in that case, like you said. Um, you know, in looking at this card, what would you say in your eyes is the best bet right now? Right now, I, I, I certainly don't have enough. I don't have enough uh, confidence in either fighter to win that fight. Um, not certainly enough to put anything more than you know a unit down on. But um, I would say the best bet is probably going to be the the prop for does this fight start round two? Right? It's available at five dimes, one of the most popular sports books. That's a pretty good prop. I think it's even money right now. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see these guys come out a little reluctant at first to engage, just to respect each other's power. Um, and I could see a little bit of dancing, a little bit of feeling out for a couple minutes um, before they engage. And then, you know, if you know if if it's the case where Vulcan does have an iron chin, you know, he might last, you know, into the second round. So um, I, I like to start second round. Um, it's even maybe worth um, the over. You know, I'd be over 1.5. I don't know what the exact odds are right now on it, but um, I, I don't know. I don't know that this one will probably end in the first. A lot of times that you see with these fighters that both have great powers, they really respect each other's power, so they're a little bit more uh, reluctant to engage in, in, in fighting. So they kind of try and fill each other out, get the timing down. I can see that being the case in this fight. Awesome. Um, you know, what about, I think what most people are envisioning will be the fight of the night and, or at least one of the very top fights of the night with Lawler Cerrone. Is there much action coming in from what you're seeing in Vegas on, you know, these lines right now for, are people picking one way or the other, or is it, you know, kind of everyone's shying away from it, where it's just really kind of an unpredictable fight with Lawler on such a break and Cerrone, coming off a few issues and coming off a bad loss to George Masvidal. Is there, is there much coming in on this fight? 
I haven't seen much, and the lines really haven't changed much either. So uh, I think it's been – I think um, I want to say that uh, Robbie opened up around a plus – or a minus, uh, minus 160, minus 155, somewhere around there. And it's been pretty consistent right around there. Um, and then obviously Cerrone's white dog at about a plus 130, 135. The problem with, with Cerrone is that he's not a big game fighter. So you see when he when he's got these big fights and there's a lot of hype around him, he chokes. And that's, that's not something you can teach. Cerrone's losses are all the guys who average over 3.4 significant strikes per minute. Rob gets over that at about 3.5. Um, Likewise, Robbie's losses are usually the high-level grapplers, so he's got to worry about takedowns. So Johnny, you got Tyron, you got these guys, with the exception of Diaz, of course. But you know his losses are, are to people who are kind of a dual threat. Um, when you look at Cerrone, he's not going to take down Robbie Lawler in this fight. There's not—I don't think there's going to be a single takedown in this fight. Um, Robbie's got pretty good takedown defense. Cerrone as well. Um, I just said this one getting anywhere from the feet. Now, another thing, too, with Cerrone, a big issue is um, he might be a technical striker, but defensively, he's horrible. He's he's way too willing to get hit. Um, if you look at the Mazatol fight, that's straight up the middle there all night long for, for Mazatol. Um, it's the same for he has as well, uh, for RDA. You know, right up the middle, he just doesn't move it. Up. He just keeps it the whole time. There's limited movement. He bounces back and forth, but head doesn't change trajectories it just stays the same so i think that is is uh it's a big issue for a great boxer like robbie who has great speed great power he'd be he'll be significantly bigger than uh than cerrone come fight night i i just have a lot more questions for cerrone than i do for for rob so that's kind of what i'm worried about with cerrone probably my most confident pick of the night outside of john jones is, is robbie to win uh, and I would probably guess by knockout. Robbie's going to get knockout probably late round one or early round two. So I, I think you've sort of obviously your points are, are well taken, but when I look through the card, in all honesty, this is the most unpredictable fight in my eyes is Cerrone and Lawler just because of the way both guys fight, the amount of damage that both guys can take. So you said something earlier about sort of taking taking Ozdemir or not taking the fight at all. This this Cerrone Lawler fight would be a fight that personally I would shy away from betting, but for some reason this fight just strikes me as the biggest toss up on the card. Yeah, I just I, I just think that there's way too many questions there with Cerrone's ability to show up on fight night. You know, there like said, there's a lot of you know if you look back to the Showtime Pettis fight, it's just the that when there's a lot of hype fights, the Showtime fight he, he laid the dud for the Diaz fight. The RDA fight, the Masvidal fight. I mean, there's so many times where the big fights that he can show up to and, and really propel himself in a good position, and he loses it. Um, I honestly True. think that this is his division. I think he needs to be back down at 155. I think it's fun. There's fun matches for him at 170, but I just feel like he needs to be back down at 155. I just can't see him beating the likes of like. Colby Covington or Kamaru Usman, you know, I can't see him beating uh, RDA at one set. So, um, with me, that there's a lot of questions there that, with him that, you know, yeah, I know, Robbie, there's still some questions. It's been a long layoff, but um, I just feel more comfortable with that. And I, don't, I, don't, I definitely don't think it's going to go to the decision, but I also think you make a good point after a dog bet. Right.
Definitely. So we have only a few more minutes here, but I think what, and I know, again, we are very lucky to have you on here and giving us this great insight because if you look on DonBest.com, this stuff does not come for free to most people, guys. So anyone listening in should definitely take any advice they're getting here and be very grateful for it. But I would love to know, so what is, one, the bet that you would absolutely stay away from on the card? And then the other thing that I would like to know is if I'm looking for a flyer bet, you know, someone that's a pretty big dog, wherever they are on the card, you know, who's someone that I might want to lay, you know, a small little bet on, they'll have really good payoff. Um, it's well, for the first part there, who I would absolutely stay away from. Uh, I would, I would definitely wouldn't lay the money on cyborg. Um, I know that chances are she's going to come out and absolutely smoke Avenger Avenger. I don't know if you saw our guys today. I mean, she's she kind of gave the whole attitude of, I'm just kind of happy to be here. She didn't really seem like she was overly confident in herself. Um, that's a horrible matchup for her, and I definitely see her getting smoked. But I also wouldn't I wouldn't lay the money. I think, she's, I think Cyborg right now is a minus 1,300. So she's definitely um, – I think she's definitely over overpriced there, to say the least. So – um, there's no value in that. Um, and then kind of a flyer bet. Um, I think there's probably two flyer bets on this that you could probably, you know, maybe lay a small bit on. Um, first one being, um, I, I, I have a slight lean, uh, on Jason Knight to get the job done against Ricardo Lamas. Um, he's just got all the momentum in the world right now. He's got a great training camp there. He trains with our guy, Chase Sherman. Yeah. Um, but, I like I like that pick there. Ricardo Lamas hasn't won two in a row in uh, about three years now. So and he's not a super active fighter either. Um, so you know I kind of think that that Knight might get it done. I think there's some value there. Um, and then the second one being probably uh, in the main event, John Jones by decision. Uh, I don't think he's going to finish DC in this. Just with the layoff, I think he's going to have some feeling out process for the first probably couple rounds. Uh, I definitely think he's going to beat Daniel Cormier. Um, no question about it. Daniel Cormier is just, um, he, he's not near as athletic. He's given up a 12 inch reach and nothing. He's made no improvement since the first time they fought. So, um, you know, I, I would say John Jones by decision. I think it'll be a pretty convincing decision as well. Um, I would even probably go as far to say as I think John Jones might sneak in a 10 eight in there as well. Um, I think that, uh, you know, like I said, Daniel Cormier, you know, as good as he is, um, I just think that he's never really uh, – I think he's always kind of been a little overhyped. You know, if you look at some of his wins, some of his wins come with quitters. You know, Patrick Cumming quit that fight. Uh, AJ quit twice. Uh, John Jones doesn't quit. You know, he almost had his arm broken by Vito Belfort and he stayed in it and got to finish later on that fight. Um, you know, the Gustafson fight as well. He didn't quit in that fight. He came back. He was probably losing going to that fifth round and came back and won it. So um, I, I definitely think that John Jones is going to be a little bit slower, a little bit more tentative in this uh, from the start. They're definitely seeing taking over, and um, DC's a hard guy to finish. So I wouldn't be surprised to see John Jones take the decision and win convincingly. Um, you know, likely 49-46, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if you got a 10 round in there as well. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I think you make a few good points there. I mean, one – 
likely Jones will come out pretty tentative. And it may take a few rounds even. I don't think he'll lose any rounds, but I also think he's going to take his coach, who is known for making fighters even more boring. Um, <laughs> ask J-Man if you have any questions about that, anyone <laughs> in the audience. But um, So he has that. I think he'll really be coached up on that. And, you know, the other thing is, Cormier is a tough dude. I mean, look at – he got smoked by in both fights by Anthony Johnson, and especially that kick that put his nose on the other side of his face. So I just think that yeah, he's I, a tough guy to finish for sure. Yeah, it's – and I always kind of wonder – like I always ask people, and they're so confident in D.C. winning this fight. It's like, well, if John Jones had never fucked up and took those dick pills and all that stuff and, and blasted a pregnant woman with his car, like – would DC ever be champion? The answer is no. I don't see him beating John Jones in any way. I don't see John Jones really losing that belt either to anybody in that division. So obviously, I, I just don't see any improvements. You know, if you look at the last Anthony Johnson fight, DC's reflexes are slow too. Um, you know, he was just lucky that Anthony Johnson literally had the biggest game on the planet for that fight. Yeah, it's, um, you know, the Anthony Johnson that was in that second fight, for sure, just didn't want to be in the cage anymore. I mean, it was as simple as that. He was, his mind was already past it. So, the other good point you make is, like, the people Cormier has been up against, Patrick Cummings, I mean, that's not impressive by any means. The Anderson Silva fight, I know it wasn't for the title, but, again, like, didn't really beat anyone there. Um, You know, that he has had some fights that have tested him, but the second Johnson fight, that Anthony Johnson wasn't really anyone that dangerous so i agree if jones never did those things and it still boggles my mind he took off-brand dick pills like at at his status and his money you can't afford the name brand dick pills that aren't gonna you know be a problem but (laughs) it may be our problem too but i don't know every time they say off-brand dick pills i'm like jesus christ this guy can't afford some like cialis or viagra or anything that's that's a name brand but like you said cormier would never be champion so you know i completely Stuff. And they got to let John Jones get a Cialis sponsorship. I think that's the only way to approach this. I mean, the guy likes to party. I like to party. So I understand it. It's just, you know, we we have to find a way to allow him to do that and stay in the sport. So I think the sponsorship makes the most sense. So look at that. Another great point. Well, um, you know, first off, I want to thank you for bringing this knowledge onto here for all of our degenerate viewers and listeners. <laughs> and, um, you know, I hope when we come back at this, it seems like there was a spot, and I will completely take blame where it might have cut out a little bit at the end of the um, Manawa Ozdemir stuff. But otherwise, it, it, it went pretty well, and I think the you know people that tuned in got some great knowledge for free here. And I would love to have you on again before any event, any time that you're interested. You're more than welcome here, and hopefully as we become less of a no money poor man's podcast, we'll, um, you know, get some technology advances over here. So again, man, appreciate you coming on here. It's been great having you. Hey, thanks for having me guys. I appreciate you guys. Got great stuff. I love listening in. So yeah, anytime you guys want me on here, more than willing to, to hop on and give you guys some insight. Awesome, brother. Awesome. Love it. Thanks. Good luck uh, with the picks thanks, this guys. weekend. Hey, you too guys. See ya. All right. So some interesting stuff there. I like, you know, it was one, one, I was, uh, it was funny because, you know, we're having a handicapper on here. And, you know, that sells his picks online. And, you know, I was curious and I was thinking about, do I ask him how he got into it and stuff like that? But, you know, we need to get into what his picks are. You know, we don't have that much time here. And Right. And, and just so everyone knows, I'm still here. Um, <laughs> the, the reason not for, for not chiming in there is 
again, just to reiterate, I'm not a betting <laughs> MMA fan. I'm, an, I'm a fan of MMA. So when I, my, my analysis is I think this guy's going to beat this guy because his skills are better than that guy where handicappers and, and folks in the betting world sort of, I honestly thought you had to bet every fight. Isn't that how it works? There's only five fights on the main card, bet them all. But he's, you know, saying lay off this one unless you're taking the dog. So it's just a little bit over my head in, in the betting world. Well, that's what I think. I, I go back and forth with a lot of handicappers and you know why I like him a lot is because he's, he's real about the picks that he makes. And I think that's probably why he's on Don Bass, which is a pretty, you know, it's definitely a credible site. I mean, we knew about it for a long time. That's where our old book True, got that's lines where the football from. Lines came. True. So, but they're a very credible site. And so he's on there. But I think one of the things is you get all these guys that are selling picks online and they pick every fight and they do 500 units on this. And that's not practical for anyone that's paying $99 for your picks for the weekend. You know, the, right. he, he's taking practical stuff. He's passing up on stuff that, you know, is a liability. So that, that's why, you know, I definitely like that. But, um, no, I good. wonder what his, what's his, what do you think? And he might have told us had we asked, what, what do you think his success is? What, what's his percentage of, of winning bets? Yeah. Or is, is that how you do it? Or do you do it just money made? No. So there's a few different things I look at. I mean, the one I look at being a guy that like, you know, if I look at units profit, I mean, that's a lot of people look at how many units the guy's bets profited, but that's not really realistic because you have someone that takes like John Jones, right? So he's minus 265 and they say, I'm putting 20,000 year, whatever they want to put on it, a unit being a hundred dollars typically. But so they do that and it skews the numbers, but no one can really do that. Like I can't go out and put down all this money on John Jones, even if I know he's going to win. I can't lay it on Cyborg, you know, to win anything. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Like, I'm thinking literally I'm about to just sell my house because I'm <laughs> I'm staring at this Cyborg Avenger under one and a half rounds at minus 250. Like, I, I would literally put my three children's lives on that happening. Yeah, but to get the collateral to do it, you'd actually have to – you you'd have to put your kids up. That's probably the only, but then I get double the amount of kids. Well, I don't want <laughs> yeah, that, but then, then I get then double just, the return. Yeah. And you're just living in a shoe with 10 kids after, but anyway, long story short, it was interesting. Just his, his takes on things. He did have obviously the, the stats behind, you know, punches taken damage, etc. I just, when I look at fights, I say, well, I've seen DC fight, you know, 10 times I've seen Jones fight in, in, really never be in too much danger. I guess Vitor almost ripping his arm off and then just the overall war that he had with Gus. And I just say, yes. I mean, the whole world can say Jones is going to win this fight, but I, I want more. I want to know why. I want to know what my 10 units, like why am I going to bet a grand on Jones? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I think you're definitely a very analytical take. I mean, one you don't typically get from us here. You're not hearing stats out of us anytime soon, really. So. Right. That's what I thought was great because I'm I'm convinced that Cerrone is going to beat Lawler. I am. I'm with you too, but I'll we'll get into when we oh, go to shit. our predictions. Oh, shit. I take that back. That's yeah. not my prediction. Yeah, let's not, uh, let's not give that out yet. And lastly there, but re- return on investment is usually a good stat to look at for someone's success. And his is very good. I've seen it online. So um, he's good to have on here. I wish our connection was a little better with him. I think we missed out on some good tidbits there. But, you know, it is what it is. We're, we're a poor man's podcast. And anyone that's listening. For now. For now. 
Yeah, exactly. We'll blow up soon. But let's get on to, you know, our show for the night. So UFC 214. So we're going to talk about everything pretty much except for our predictions. And in our next cast, which will be, you know, tomorrow night will be recorded. It'll be for everyone on Friday to get ready, real ready for this card. We'll go over, you know, our main card predictions. But let's just talk a little bit about the fights on the card. So let's start with the main event. The thing that means the most about on the fight that means the most on this card with DC and John Jones. So DC winning. You have been very vocal about your your stance on what where he will go in his career from here. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your thoughts there? Yes. So again, the goal tonight being everything but a prediction, not giving away our predictions. If DC loses, if DC wins. Or if DC draws, I know you asked me if he wins. I'm I'm pretty sure this is DC's last fight. There's no reason why. There's no reason to continue fighting if he loses, and there's no reason to continue fighting if he wins. So this will be DC's last fight in the UFC in MMA. He's going to the booth and he's staying in the booth after this fight, no matter the results. In my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I like, don't. Know. How, why wouldn't he? Well, maybe he loves competing. I mean, why else you can? How old is he? He's like thirty. He's he's wicked old. Seven? He's old. He's struggled. He's really start. I mean, he's always struggled making two hundred five. Obviously, by the fact that he was like a two hundred twenty six pound heavyweight, but he's really struggling to make weight. Uh, did you see what John Jones said today? That he looked like a crackhead. Yeah. You can that's... just when the comment back to that was even better, but you can just see that that I think DC's over it. I think to the point of of the previous conversation with the handicap man was uh, the fact that DC is just unmotivated. You started in Anthony Johnson. You started in a few of his past fights. He's unmotivated. He has this fight to look forward to and that's it. Well, he hasn't had to be really though. He's been a lot better than his competition with the exception of who was it? I mean, uh, you're in a fist fight. You have to be prepared. Yeah, but he, he just, most of these people he's fought, there's been something he can do to just, I mean, against Anthony Rumble Johnson, I'm not going to say he was deep, not motivated. I mean, he finished them both times, but there was he matchup wise. He's a nightmare for Johnson. Absolute nightmare. You better hope nobody rewinds the tape because I think you said he was unmotivated earlier. I didn't. I definitely didn't say he was unmotivated. That Those words have never come out of my mouth. If you can find that. I know. It's more than six letters. You're right. Yeah. Anyways, but you know, so I just I I, I don't I, I think you make a good point, though. It's just with his age. If he loses to Jones, is he that guy that's going to go back there and, you know, try a third time and get beat a third time? I mean, where is he at mentally there? If he wins, does he want Jones getting another crack at him with without having the ring roster being away for a year? So I guess I'm not really sure where he goes from here, but I don't see him retiring for some reason. So I guess the, the other take, the other angle would be he wins and he goes up to heavyweight for an immediate title shot if it's not Kane. Yeah, I could. I could I probably see that. For that. Yeah, and if he if he beats Jones, regardless of having Manoa or Ozdemir and these other guys under, none of them are as good as John Jones, right? So if he beats Jones, we can say he cleared out the division, even if he hasn't. There's no one. But if you beat Jones, why are you risking your legacy on fighting another guy at, at that weight? There's no. To your point, you beat the greatest fighter in my opinion, the greatest fighter of all time, but you beat the greatest light heavyweight of all time. Why would you ever risk losing that stature? You could just either retire or go up in, into heavyweight and then retire. Because 
I just think, you know, when looking at any of these these fighters, people think that I don't know. There's just so many different viewpoints. Maybe they do it for money. Maybe they do it for the love of fighting. Maybe they do it for their legacy. Maybe they do it. I I don't know. I guess you can just never see into their minds enough to know. But I just don't see him retiring yet. I don't. If there any is anyone that would though, he has other sources of income that were brought on through fighting, like the you know the commentating and the you know after shows and the lead up shows. So I guess you know it's probably the best point you've ever made on the show that that could happen. So. I don't hate it, wow. but I still don't Says see it happening. Because the other thing is, your point is kind of just discredited. Because how many people have you retired this year so far? I, I, my first ever article, I believe, on White Belt Breakdown was retiring Jose Aldo. Yeah, so I they, think. I could be wrong. I'm pretty yeah. sure. And, I, and I'm pretty sure he's actually retired. So no, I win on that. Too. No, he's not. You're over. But, um, Who's he going to fight when he returns? Me? I don't know. I think Aldo gets a title shot every time he fights, right? As long as we're well, the la- right, yeah, I guess. Anyway, I think I'm pretty successful in retiring people. Sorry, DC. And then going back for our listeners, I have to address one more thing. But like t- near the end of of our boy MMA prophecy being on here, please tell me a dog was on your lap or something, or did you eat a lot of Mexican food tonight? Because I heard something that sounded like a stomach grumbling from hell. That must have been him. I have not. I have not let any gas out any of my orifices this whole show. I'm doing my best. I'm literally sitting Indian style, so I don't move. No, it couldn't. I'm, have been. I'm doing my best for the quality of of this because you can't afford a, a normal recording. I have to do my best to stay silent and and still for an hour. Yeah, do not move a muscle. No, I. It, it couldn't have been him. He was. T- I'm pretty sure it was are you. You farted on our podcast. I didn't fart. <laughs> yeah, I did not fart. I mean, I would admit if I farted one, and I don't fart given my stomach situation. It's usually a shart, and I did neither of of the sort. So I will again. I would be the first to admit if I if I pass gas, I'll I'll re-listen to the tape. Maybe I'm just getting so old that that farts just seep out of my butthole. <laughs> just, just, but I I do not recall at all ever farting on the air <laughs> it's, um, it's the most disrespectful thing that's ever been done to me on the airways someone just farting and the yeah. fact that you held it in for like 10 minutes i you couldn't have like addressed it when if if and <laughs> well, when it happened like, we, had a, we had a guest on the line i'm not gonna be like dude did you just fart well i guess was you talking. say excuse me <laughs> excuse me mma prophecy but i have to address the fact that somebody just flatulated on the air <laughs> all i can picture is is, is in stepbrothers when they're in the interview, and Seth Rogen's talking to them. And all of a sudden, at the end, one of the brothers, they're not Brennan, but the other one, not Will Ferrell, he leans <laughs> out to the side and just lets out that long fart. That's what you did. Again, I didn't fart, and first of all. And prophecy was Seth Rogen. So. Secondly, I didn't even hear anything, so it obviously was from my end, which is upsetting. <laughs> um, but I... It doesn't fucking matter. I didn't fart. Let's okay. Moving on. I did. (laughs) You always have to do this. You always have to tarnish my reputation. No matter what we have 12, 13, 17 minutes of great airtime. And then it's, Oh, it's going too well. I have to accuse him of farting. I'm sure the air is not great over there, buddy, (laughs) but moving on. All right. Woodley and Maya. So Ty, what do you want? What do you want to talk about with Woodley and Maya? I want to. So I, again, not giving predictions away. I want to talk about this this wrestling crap that I think we've talked about a lot that I think you're moving away from too, but you still think it's a solid base. Both of these guys are wrestlers, in my opinion. 
but they have different styles of wrestling. Like Maya gets a hold of you and you get taken down eventually. And then obviously he does his work. Whereas Woodley's an explosive, you know, I don't know if he's an all American at Mizzou or what he was, but an explosive wrestler, amateur wrestler. So my take is that, that Maya's wrestling style is better than Woodley's. And that's going to show in the fight. I mean, I guess I kind of agree with that because Woodley's wrestling style is, I guess, it doesn't help him in this fight. So, Well, not not even this fight, but the fact that if Woodley takes Maya down, who wants to be in Woodley's guard? That's not even what I'm saying. I'm saying that overall, these two guys' bases are the same but different in the fact that one's really an MMA-trained wrestler versus the other being an amateur wrestler. And I just don't think there's enough credit given to the guys that don't have this Johnny Hendricks and, and Brock and all these guys with collegiate wrestling careers. It's great. But there's still GSP and, and Damian Meyer and other guys that have that are better wrestlers that never ha- went to college. Yeah, but I don't – I guess that's where, you know, where our disconnect is because I don't see Maya with what he does. It still is a wrestler. You're not seeing a shot out of Maya most times. You're seeing – you're seeing a but he's, sh- getting, he's getting takedowns. Like a wrestling shot is to get in top position. When Maya goes in, it's just to get to the ground. He doesn't care where he is. Top, bottom, side, on the back. But I feel like you're discrediting the fact that when he takes people down, he gets into the positions that he needs to be to then, you know, obviously go for submissions. No, I just, to me, that's BJJ. So when someone says, hey, who's BJJ is better out of these two? Maya's is. When you say who's wrestling is better, it's it's Tyron Woodley. I disagree. What's new? Um, so I think in, Maya has the best wrestling in MMA. So in this fight, well, <laughs> he has the best BJJ, but wrestling, let's not be But he crazy. has to get it to the ground. Yeah, but it doesn't matter where he is wrestling. The goal is to be in the top position when you take the person down. So he has the best so, ground game. He has the best no, ground game. No, you can say yes, that. he does have the best ground game. But se- well, second best ground game to Jacare probably. But neither here nor there. The fact so wrestling the goal is to get you to the ground. Maya gets every single one of his opponents to the ground. Not not George Masvidal. Jorge. No, George. We don't say Jorge here. No. Anyway, my my point is, and again, it's hot. We're it's in tough America without predictions. Fuck you. Um, I just think Maya is a very underrated fighter, and I also think the fact that he doesn't get credit for getting the fight where he wants it to be every single fight. Yeah, but that it still it doesn't mean it's wrestling, though. But nobody takes him down. He takes people down. I, nobody takes him down because they're scared of his BJJ, obviously. But he takes people down, gets the fight where he needs to be. That think, is a great wrestler. I think Kale took him down in their fight, didn't he? Oh, then he got submitted, I think. Yeah, fuck Kale. I don't remember what went on there. All right, but so look, on, on that note, do you think this fight has more time standing or on the ground? So I just burped. Did you hear that? <laughs> so much gas over there, dude. It was you who farted then, officially. I didn't fart because I would have said, holy crap, or holy fart. fart but dude. I did not fart. Can't do anyway. Uh, wow. um, Ratings. I, I think, <laughs> obviously, I yeah, this is Fucking good. Fart gate. <laughs> it's not fart gate. I didn't fart. Fuck. Anyway, this fight, two things here. If I wasn't a huge fan of Maya... I probably wouldn't make it through this fight, and I probably wouldn't be excited for this fight because Woodley is a is shit to watch. 
Um, but obviously, well, this is a hard question. Does the fight have more time on the feet than the ground? I'm going to say more time on the feet, but the most action will be on the ground because I don't believe either of these guys will throw a punch on the feet. And I think we'll be totally happy circling for five rounds. Yeah, it worries me that it's going to be another like Stephen Thompson fight where there's nothing thrown. Because on the feet, Maya's not going to engage, right? I mean, he's not going to want to get in a striking battle with him. And Woodley's going to be pretty shy and engaging too because he doesn't want Maya to grab his leg and pull guard or whatever he does. So, I don't know. I just, I'm not really interested in this fight. I just, I think it's going to suck. I love Maya. And that's strange because I'm, I'm not a, I mean, I guess it's, I just love watching Maya fight. I think the fact that he's a damn boa constrictor and like he gets his hands on you and then he gets in the positions he wants to be and you really don't have a say about it. It's just, it's amazing to watch. He's so good. Yeah. I'm a huge Maya fan. How he just like, when he was fighting um, Masvidal, he would like, he was trying, he would slide in so quick on his ass and then like somehow use his foot like a hand and grab his ankle with his foot, and then all of a sudden have him on the ground. Yeah, I'm, I'm, the ground. I, I'm, with, I'm just a big Maya fan, so I'm not going to give away my prediction, I but just, I love Maya. I just think the styles of this fight is going to make it you know, a little bit boring, but I hope not. I've, I've been wrong before in that aspect. So, And then Dana White announced the plan is to have the winner fight GSP. How do you think they do? If that both of them, who has a better chance, I guess, against GSP, you know, my, you know, my affinity for GSP, he's the guy that I, that, that I came into MMA fanship watching. He brought me into MMA. He's the guy that excited me both in my big brain and my little brain, but this sucks for GSP. These, both of these matchups are terrible for GSP. If GSP is going up weight and he's expected to fight, I mean, I guess since since I don't know this this sucks for GSP. He's screwed. This think, is his last fight. I think GSP wins both these matchups, and I actually think he does it fairly easy. Um, I don't see how he would ever beat Maya because GSP is not going to get submitted. He has really good jiu-jitsu, especially from the. It top. doesn't matter. Especially from Maya. I no. I mean. Maya has a lot of submissions, but he's not the guy he was in like the UFC. GSP got armbar by Matt Hughes. Ugh. I mean, GSP has come so far. His, his jiu-jitsu is really, really good. And what's better than that is his jiu-jitsu defense when he's on top. So he's uh, one, he can stand with Maya and, and beat Don't him. you think it would be a better matchup to fight Bisping? No. Really? Bisping has is, is far better boxing than GSP. And, but but who and cares? Great, and great takedown defense. I don't think and, and he's way bigger. So I don't think GSP could get Bisping on the ground. If you can't get Bisping on the ground, then I think I still think that would be a good fight. Don't get me wrong, but I think well, Maya's got to be huge. He was a 185 yeah, contender. But, uh, I mean, he fought Anderson Silva. Yeah, Bisping's a very, very big 185. I mean, anyway, I, so my my take is that I'm bummed because GSP has one career fight left because he uh, said he's retiring if he loses. I got him winning both, so. GSP will be back to being the welterweight champion, it looks like. All right. Um, I don't really want to talk much about Cyborg and Eminger, but if you're to – no, we'll just move on. I don't want to talk about Eminger. Do you? I no, gonna, I don't want to talk about anything was, other than – I was going to say if there is a way she wins this fight because we don't really need to go over our predictions tomorrow. We will, but we all know who we're taking. Is there? It's it's kind of my take on this fight is kind of perfectly intertwined with this episode, 
which is I think this is going to be the second hashtag shit. What was it called? Shit happens because there's no way Avenger doesn't shit herself the first time Cyborg punches her in the face. So this is hashtag shit happens part two. I don't care about the rest of the fight. I don't even want to watch her shit herself. I hate this fight. Yeah, there's really not much I want to talk about there. Let's go to the fight I do want to talk about with Lawler and Cerrone. So, obviously, a ton of hype around this. Do you think it'll live up to the hype that the media, the MMA society is giving it right now? No, no. Fights never do that. There's no fights. I mean, there's fight. obviously fights live up to the hype, but a lot of the times, more often than not, they don't. Um, I hope it does. The only way it will is if both guys are somehow more durable than they've shown that they actually are. I guess Lala has shown that he's durable sometimes, and then he gets knocked the fuck out sometimes, so it's hard. But Cerrone has shown that he's not very durable. So I guess the only way I see this fight being a great fight is if it goes two and a half or into the third round because they're both awesome technical strikers. Yeah, so I put out it. Anyone that was on White Belt Breakdown today would have saw that I put up my thoughts on this fight. But with that said, I do hold the right to change my picks anytime up until our official picks that will come out on that Friday podcast. But I think it will live up to the hype for two rounds. I have it ending in the third. I just think that one Lawler knows one way to fight. And it, it could be the end for him, but he just knows how to go out and, and throw bombs. And then Cerrone is just too dumb to do anything but brawl. So I think we're going to get that for a little bit until, you know, one of two things happen. One, someone goes to sleep. Or two, they start to fatigue. And both guys are, are getting up there in, in one age, but two, they have a lot of fight miles, both of them. So I just don't think they can they – can, make it through three full rounds. I think the fight ends inside the distance, but I think we'll get two rounds of really exciting stand-up action. Um, I hope so. And and Cerrone's obviously Cerrone's jiu-jitsu is underrated only because he's such an exciting striker, but he has great jiu-jitsu. Yeah. 16 of 32 career wins. It's 50 percent or by submission. So imagine that. And he does, no one talks about it because of how exciting he is when he stands, except for when he gets poked in his kidney and goes down. Yeah, well, it's, you know, that's why, like, I don't understand sometimes. You know, I think in his best fights, he's used his striking, which is good. It, it I, You could say it's great, but it's not, like, super elite because he doesn't have that much power. When he gets a TKO, it's, it's not a one-punch KO. It's multiple, you know, combos of strikes that are, that are very good. But when he would use that to set up his ground game and get people on the ground, submit them is when he's best. But when he gets into this... I'm just going to backyard street brawl with you like he did when he fought Diaz and, and some other people and, and Masvidal. Anyone that's emotionally, you know, got him pissed, then he struggled. So I just don't see that happening with Lawler because there's no real back and forth leading up to this fight. They're both pretty – or Lawler's definitely like a good guy it seems. So I think he might fight a little smarter, but we'll see. But The if, size difference might show itself too. Yeah. I, I mean, think – isn't Lawler big? I know he's jacked, but isn't he tall too? He, he's five eleven. Cerrone's six feet. Okay, maybe maybe not then. They but just they, look like two well, really different bodies. But there is look. I, I think you're right in that. Lawler's definitely bulkier. I mean, his he's, head's way bigger by far. Well, because Cerrone's uh, should be a one fifty five er. 
you know, I think he's fighting at 170 because although he's still very quick, he's lost a step on the top guys there. So um, I think he's sort of he's reached his pinnacle at 155, and he's this is maybe even though this isn't a title fight, this might be the pinnacle for him. This this is a is it what four versus five matchup, four versus eight or something? It's a, it's a huge fight, three versus seven, but it really is to get you know probably two a number one contender fight after this. I just think Cerrone at this point. You know, I think maybe he's come to the realization I'm probably not going to hold a title in the UFC, so I'd like to be known for the guy that will fight anywhere, anytime, always ready to go. And he doesn't really have to cut to get to 170. It's not If he does, it's a few pounds. So lifestyle-wise, this might just be easier. But if he was going to, you know, realistically try to be a champion, and he could get to that title shot at 170, but it just, I mean, imagine looking at him fighting Woodley. I mean, Woodley... Uh, to me, it looks like he's far, far, far bigger. But remember, Cerrone's still six feet tall, so he's obviously packing on some weight just being tall. Yeah, I guess. I don't know, but I, I think it'll be a good fight. I just... I feel like these are the fights, like always, not main event fights, just fights on the card that you're like, wow, this matchup is explosive. It's going to be insane. It's going to be awesome. And then it turns into just like, damn, I wish they actually went at it. Um, or damn, I wish that guy stayed on, stayed awake for more than 22 seconds and gets knocked out or something. Yeah, I, I maybe, but I have some faith in it, but all right, moving on to the first fight of the main card, Manoa and Ozdemir. So, so this is the fight that MMA prophecy said to stay away from unless you're betting Ozdemir, right? Cause, cause the line is just sketchy on Manoa. I think he's minus 170 or something. That was just my my thoughts on on it initially. Is that's a very strange mentality, but anyway. Well, he was saying he thinks it's a very close fight. There's not enough information to to make an educated decision on. There's a lot of question marks with Manoa, and then with Ozdemir, there's just not a big enough sample size of you know fights and stuff like that and stuff to analyze. But he said if you are going to pick someone, he would lean towards the guy you're going to get plus money with in Ozdemir. Right, makes sense. I just guess that's the non-betting in me that just thinks, hey, I think this guy's going to win. I don't care really what the line is as long as it's reasonable, so I'm going to take that guy. Yeah, it's just I, I guess the problem with MMA is the lines are you never like, know. well, the juice on them is crazy. I mean, when you think about, you know, say someone's once minus 170, right? You're paying an extra $70 if you lose on a $100 if, bet. Right, right, but in your brain, you're putting up money because you, you – you, convince yourself that that person's going to win so you shouldn't shy away because you have to put up a little more if you're confident that they're going to win 70 percent more is a lot agreed unless you're sure that they're going to win which in in your brain no one's ever sure except if they're following my take well except if you're betting cyborg minus fifteen thousand. yeah but you're not sure enough to cover that well that's my my point being is you just said it exactly right nobody's ever sure i mean you have to watch the fights it just strikes me as odd. It's the same way in, in other sports when somebody says, oh, put 50 bucks on this team and then put 200 bucks on this team. It's like if you're confident both teams are going to win, you should be putting the same amount on each. This is why you don't bet, huh? Yes, this is exa- exactly why it I don't all, bet. because It all makes sense now. Because I think something's going to happen, so I would and bet money on does. that happening. Sometimes does. it does. Rarely. Maybe, some, maybe Jose Aldo retiring and Daniel Cormier. You should bet on that. Can you bet on that? No, I looked. That's so funny. I actually looked on the website to <laughs> You're see. A fucking idiot. 
<laughs> if it was a prop bet to DC retiring after the fight. All right. Um, man or losing, that's kind of a problem for the division, I think. And I, I feel like you agree here because under him, I don't know if this, so this is essentially a number one contender fight and Mano is on the card in case Jones, some reason fucked up. He's a backup plan. They even, Dana White said, well, there's a reason Mano was on the card today. If he loses, I mean, what do you have? Gustafsson fight either of them. He's already lost. I'm trying to think of guys. No. It's just, I don't, the division. The best thing could, that can happen is Mano loses. DC wins and retires. Interim fight, Gustafsson Jones. Everyone wants to see that the second time anyway. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. The division, it's getting better than it has ever been, but. Watch your mouth. I mean, the division's always sucked because it's a weird. Shh. It it's, didn't always suck. It was the division that everyone came into loving. Because everyone in our demographic because, because of Chuck Liddell. Chuck, Rampage, Rashad. Keith the Mean Jardine. Should I keep going? <laughs> Jardine. I never... If there's, if there's two things I never thought. One is that Keith Jardine would be mentioned on the white belt breakdown. And two, Love that guy. And two is that you would fart on here. And both of you. I didn't fucking episode. fart. If you keep this going, people are going to start believing it. Never thought it would happen, but, you know, first time... I'm actually... Ever. I'm going to let one rip just to see if it sounds the same as whatever you heard earlier. Because I, even if I... It, if I prove you wrong by actually doing it, it sort of doesn't help me in this case. That's cool. There's the two firsts on this episode. I love it. I love Who it. Who gives a shit? If, if dudes that are listening to this are offended by a fart, they can come over here and, no, and do other things. I don't think suck it, guys. I, I don't think anyone's offended by it. I think they just want you to own up to it. I would own it. I would be a proud person to have farted on the white belt breakdown and have like millions of strangers have heard the flatulence come out of my ass. <laughs> but I didn't on. do it. Jeremy's now brown belt for those listening at all. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I wouldn't even put the belt on my ass. Shut up. <laughs> all right. So in this fight, though, so we're not going to predict until tomorrow. But who I can w- already see the dumbass <laughs> fart gate. Oh, listen to episode seven. Fart gate. Jeremy let one. Re- I didn't fucking fart. <laughs> all right. I swear I won't do that. I do. I really do. Yeah, right. All right, these two in the stand-up battle, who do you think holds the advantage? Uh, Jimmy Manoa, halfly because I don't think Ozdemir is good. And the second half is if Manoa can't win the stand-up battle, then he shouldn't be in this fight because that's all he can do. Yeah, I just um, he's one-dimensional, though. He only has hands. He never kicks or anything. Ozdemir is actually has – I mean, he has one professional kickboxing fight. It was a win. I believe it was in maybe glory, but don't quote me on that. But – I mean, I feel like he can chop Manoa down. I mean, when Manoa has success, it's when he's the aggressor. When someone takes the fight to him, like Anthony Rumble Johnson, like Alexander Gustaf- <laughs> can't say the fucking last name, Gustafsson. When the when someone you know doesn't let him be the aggressor, he has trouble. So I think you know even if he is the aggressor early on, Uzdemir would be smart to chop at his legs and slow that down. Whether he'll do it or not, I don't know, but. It's just interesting but, because Manoa is so one-dimensional. Wouldn't you uh, agreed? But wouldn't you say that Manoa has way more on the line than Uzdemir does? Manoa gets a title shot if he wins, potentially. Obviously, Gus is in the way, but whatever. And he fights David Hay, which literally eight people will watch if he wins this that fight. That can't happen. It, it can't. 
no one will watch. I mean, it can't. Anything can happen. I mean, MMA. What's man? We're gonna get paid for this fight? A hundred grand? He'll get ten times that fight in David Hay. So even that, even that it's it's a wannabe boxing match. He's still gonna outgross his pay for the next five years just by taking this dumbass David Hay fight. I guess I don't know. I just this whole boxing MMA thing. Fuck that. But Uzdemir. Nobody. Nobody gives gives this whole boxing UFC thing, Conor McGregor, Mayweather, obviously, but nobody understands. People understand, but I feel like they don't give credit to the fact that UFC pay fighters don't get freaking paid. They're going to obviously they take every boxing fight. You can any boxing match they fight in. They're going to pay more than a, in an MMA fight. And it's probably less damaged to them health wise. Yes. Well, I don't There's know. no way around it. I don't know. Do what? So, you know, the thing about MMA and why, it, you know, has been argued and hasn't been around enough for good studies, but, but to be less dangerous than boxing is when you're knocked out, unless you have Mayu Yamasaki as your ref, then <laughs> then you're knocked out and it's over with boxing. I mean, think about how many guys that fights have been stopped and they, you know, immediately wake up and then could get back to their feet in 10 seconds. So you could technically get knocked out multiple times in a fight right i guess right but they're fighters they don't really care about getting damaged so just look at it financially and think that this is new age this is going to happen constantly now but you think conor mcgregor doing it all right he's fighting floyd mayweather who's not a knockout artist who's you know they're not that big of people fighting david hay i mean he's a heavyweight it's yeah it's asking for brain damage so Look at your salary. If I gave you 20 times your salary to fight a guy that's probably going to knock you I'm out, would there. you fight him? Yeah. Right. So it's but irrelevant, the a, fact that... But I would take a dive. See, the thing is, Manuel uh, would try to That's because you have no spine. I would sit there and take punches for days like the man that I am. I guess. So anything else on that fight? I'm I'm really excited for that fight. And I don't really... I think it's because, one, Manuel, when he knocks people out, they're, uh, they're good yeah, knockouts. Yeah, and then Uzumir, it's just like he's a bit of an unknown. Um, you know, he was a huge, huge dog against Misha Kurnikov, um, Serkinov. I, I literally cannot say any name in the UFC roster. Yeah, but, you're bad. Do you know who's fighting in the main event? Um, Jonies? <laughs> exactly. I don't even know where I was with that. I don't know. I'm interested oh, for the fight. I'm interested for the fight. You, your brain broke again. This is the second fucking episode that your brain broke or whatever happens, and it's because I'm stupid. This time it must have been because I farted your brain out of your head or something like that. It's literally all I can think about. <laughs> it's been like 45 minutes. This So back to the fight game because that's why we're doing this. We're not doing this to fart and laugh about farting. Well, we can do that. I, unless a bunch that. of 12-year-olds are, are <laughs> tuning in, then, then nobody's going to laugh at it anyway. This is the fight that I least want to see on the whole card. I'm not interested in it at all. So I would prefer three undercard fights over this fight. All right, well, let's talk about them. And let's do it quick because we're running long. Um, I don't care about Lamas versus Knight. I don't know enough about Knight to really talk about him. I know that MMA Prophecy said that Knight was... I think he said it was his best bet of the night. Is that what he was was getting at? uh, We were talking flyers. So someone that's, you know, really good odds that you might throw small. So he's like even money. Knights, they're both even money. Um, I only know Lamas, so I wouldn't know any better for Knight. I don't really 
know much about night yeah night was a last um, minute well not last minute it was probably i don't know a month and a half two months ago the korean it was a korean zombie right he pulled out yeah so that's the one undercard fight that i i really don't that's sort of the one i don't know i don't really have an an educated prediction but these Aljamain sterling versus Henan Burrell fight man that's something that i'm i'm really looking forward to yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I saw your take you had um, on the White Belt Breakdown this week. I disagree with a lot of things on there about Burrell, but I think it's interesting because I think Aljamain Sterling's overrated, and I think Burrell, I don't know about Burrell right now. I think he... Why? Because a very good chance his, he could have been a very juiced-up fighter when he was really, really good. I, I don't... I don't. I don't care for that look at shit. Him, look at him post USAD or uh, USADA. I was gonna give all the initials out. Man, I don't, I'm, lo- I, yeah. I'm losing it. You're you you've lost your damn mind from one fucking mistake, but I didn't that I didn't do. But he's <laughs> you just admitted it. <laughs> he's so there's so much wrong about what you just said that it makes me realize that your brain is smaller than I actually did think. You are you're the man that that TJ Dillashaw is like your third pound for pound best fighter. He, he is. Uh, he's. I mean. So he, that's his, he's two losses against TJ Dillashaw. He, he has one uh, a loss against Jeremy Stevens, and and he fell in the bathtub or whatever. So Dana White was mad at him. That's it. He's thirty four and four. Yeah, he I got, mean, he's. A, he got his ass kicked against TJ Dillashaw twice. It doesn't. I, I totally agree, but it shouldn't take away the fact that not only does he have some great wins, but he also only lost to really, really high-level opponents. Jeremy Stevens isn't a really, really high-level opponent. Don't make me go to the ranking system that you go always to, cite. I, I never cite it and go to him. Go to him. What do you think he's ranked? Probably, I don't know, seven. And that's not a good fighter. And I—that's a complete guess. But I, he's not. That's a—it's not a—it's a bad loss for for Henan Barrow, who was the number what three pound for pound guy at one point. That type it's of a, it's, that type sure, of fall off. That type of fall off. There's one way to describe when you look at July of 2015. Usada came in, and since then you're right about Stevens. He's seven. Wow, is there anything I don't know? It's because you – shut up. It's because you read my article. And yes, you're right. It's a bad loss, but it's not losing to, I don't know, some Jason Knight or whoever I've never heard of. Like this, yes, Stevens is a bad loss. But I don't get why everyone's like, oh, you know, Henry Burrell, the guy that was pound for pound, considered pound for pound the best, who won like 20 fights in a row, lost a couple. Now he's the worst fighter in the world. Because of his fall off since USADA. And so I do I think fourteen is too low for him to be ranked. Yeah. But he's probably like ten. And if you scroll through, which I did uh yesterday, his bonuses, I swear he gets a bonus like every other fight. Well, because he was all juiced up. No, stop that. Who cares? Everyone was juiced up. It was a level juiced up playing field. No, everyone from Brazil was juiced up. If you weren't if you weren't cheating while everybody else was cheating, then then you're an idiot and you deserve to lose every fight. All right. Well, let's we get it's this is an undercard, so let's give a prediction on this. Who do you got? I have Henan Burrell by vicious strikes in the second round um, or submission, but he will stop this fight. Aljamain Sterling will delete his Twitter account and go off to wherever the hell his next career takes him. All right. Well, 
I got Aljamain Sterling because Hennebrow cannot beat him without his steroids. That's not true. You're going to find out in like 49 hours or whatever it is. All right. Well, you know, as we're running long here, we do like to keep it around an hour. It was a little bit longer with MMA Prophecy, but I liked having him on. I do wish, and I apologize to everyone, it was a better connection. I'll probably, you know, I'm going to try to cut it up as best I can and, and fix that. And I was really, like, awkward at the beginning. I don't know. I was, I was just having a tough time here and over there. So I, I promise everyone I'm not that awkward in real life. But You're the A-side. You should do better. Yeah. I mean, the lead-in to the start when we have a guest – already on there kind of listen it's just always a little bit weird and then on top of that it was it was a little choppy and i think it was we had the problem with chase sherman coming on too it's when when because of our technology which is very low budget because it is paid for by the ceo of white belt breakdown solely <laughs> and it, it's just it's not great yet so we got to figure out a better way to conference people in do you so, want me to introduce everybody and in? i'm sure they'll stay on the line after my great introductions <laughs> No, I mean, I handed it over to you, and it was just even more awkward because I couldn't hear anything. It was, I was like, all right, uh, Jeremy can introduce himself. Um, I was like, hey, I'm J-Man. I, I think you're cool. I love your Twitter. Thanks it's weird, for coming. You want to you fluff him up a little bit, you know? I mean, it was I actually, good. I'm not going to lie. He's a, he was a great guest, and he spoke my language. I liked how he talked about the fights pills, and just the fact right? that dick people pills. got dick pills <laughs> and I think he said he got dusted. Um, no, but I'm saying he actually spoke like I, I disagree with his whole take on the John Jones DC thing, and I think you have a similar take to him. So I'm glad to be able to disagree with you too, because trashing DC because he's going to lose to John Jones, in your opinion, not mine, maybe. Who knows? Tune in tomorrow. That's not how it works. DC, like, oh, Anthony Johnson quit, so DC beat him because he quit. DC made you quit, buddy. That's how it works. The better well, fighter made you quit, but I'm. Uh, that's fine. I digress. I think that I, happened. I only ago. said. I only said if you you play this back, which you should. I only said in the second fight that Johnson was was not there mentally. The second fight. The if first there's fight, two fighters, was, if there's two fighters and one of them quit, it's because the winner of the fight made them quit. Yeah. That's my take on that. I agree. I agree. I'm just saying. I said mentally that. that I, it doesn't matter. I just that's that's. What I liked about him was anyway that he spoke my language, even though then he said bet units, whatever that means. Yeah, and even um, even with our poor connection, I mean, it was still a lot easier to understand than some other guests we've had. But anyways, we only had one other guest, so you're you're trashing my boy Chase. No, it was just it was it was a little easier flow of conversation, even with the choppiness. So I'm hoping the choppiness on the recording isn't that bad because I really would like everyone to hear what he had to say. If not, when you know finally some big outlet signs us, we'll get him back on here so you guys can get everything from him. Let's go. We'll be back tomorrow night. We are supposed to have a guest, but you know based on how choppy it was, I I'll have to review the tape and see if we're gonna bring him on. And if not, we'll have another time. Um, anything I else can't wait for my predictions. I am I am I am going to turn into a handicapper after my predictions. They're gonna be so on point and Absol- accurate. Absolute fire takes. They're not fire takes, they're just they're just these are my people. These are the fighters that I love to watch. I know everything about these fighters and I know who to pick. And as I'm saying that, I'm on UFC.com. Guys, go to UFC.com and check out the Cerrone versus Lawler headshot. It looks like two di- <laughs> Have you seen it? No. You have to see it. It's unbelievable. 
Lawler's head takes up half the thing, and Cerrone's head so little. Very interesting. You know we don't very, have the we don't have the bandwidth for you to be searching the web during this searching searching the internet. The interweb. Well, so, well, we're signing off anyway. Are but you I just, are you on the there. line right now? I was just looking at it. It was like so. Wow, no wonder. No wonder it was choppy. It probably wasn't. No, I, mean, I didn't it, do that. Oh, here we go. Here we go, guys. Buckle up. It's your, Jeremy's fault again. Your fault again. All right. You got anything else? Yes, I want to put this to rest. I. J-Man the Great did not fart, shart, or shit on this episode. You have my word, loyal followers. There was no farting from this end or that end or whatever we're calling it, just to put it to rest. All right. So on that note, um, I think smell you later. <laughs> oh, shit. He did it again. Bye. Got him. Yeah. <laughs>